Welcome listeners to episode number 12 of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by my guest Matt Belke, and we're at La Torta Gorda in the Mission on 24th Street and Bryant Street. A little bit away from the main section of the Mission, uh, a few blocks down from the bar station on 24th Street. Um, so this is a restaurant that um, really focuses on tortas. And so, Matt, if you want to uh, kick it off and tell us uh, what made you decide to come here today and uh, what do you like about this restaurant? This is probably one of my favorite restaurants in the whole city. Um, like you said, they focus on tortas, but they also have a lot of uh, food from Puebla in Mexico, which is one of the most culturally, culturally uh, rich areas in Mexico in terms of food. It's also just like a really nice casual restaurant. And what's on the menu here and what do you typically order? Um, so I know that like a big section of the menu, just looking at it, there was like 21 different tortas that they have and then they also have other classic Mexican dishes. So what do you typically order here? Well, my favorite is definitely a torta de rajas con queso. Um, it's got poblano pepper and Oaxacan cheese in it. It also has beans, avocado, um, grilled onions. Another good sandwich they have is the pambazo. It's a different style of bread. It, they uh, fry the bread in red sauce. And let's talk briefly about what we ordered today. So we um, have already had dinner. Um, I ordered the chicken tortilla soup um, and you got a torta. So um, like, what, what did you uh, think about the torta that you had and, um, you know, when you come here, what, what makes you decide what, what to order here? I had to go back to my default, the torta de rajas con queso. It's very hard to break from that. It's such a good sandwich. The peppers and the cheese complement each other so nicely. Like, uh, poblano peppers go really well with cheese or cream. The dairy really tempers the heat and creates a very nice texture. Um, They also have a chipotle sauce that goes with it um, that adds a good amount of heat. So we're in the Mission right now. What do you think about this neighborhood? Like, are there other restaurants that you go to in the area? And um, what what is the neighborhood like um, around uh, La Torta Gorda, where we're at right now? So La Torta Gorda is on 24th Street, so there's still plenty of businesses around here and there's so many good restaurants. I usually try to avoid the main strip on Mission and Valencia. Um, some of the most popular restaurants there like La Taqueria and El Farolito, they're good but when you go deeper into the Mission it's just a different vibe. There's, um, It seems more authentic to me. Like You don't have people just coming in because some website said the restaurant was good. It's a lot of local. I know you, you really enjoy cooking, um, so that, that's something that we've discussed before, that you like to try new recipes and, and you enjoy cooking a lot. Uh, so what was it that initially got you into cooking and, and what kind of uh, brought about that, that interest in cooking that you have? So both my parents are actually really good home cooks. Um, my mom, my whole life was cooking like every single night. We would always have a sit-down family meal and that was like a huge part of my childhood. Um, I also remember like whenever my mom was out of town, my dad would always make something really special and oftentimes it would just be the two of us. Uh, so very fond memories of that. And so they instilled this like love of, of cooking with me. Like I was always in the kitchen with them. I remember like in high school I did a lot of baking. I would make birthday cakes for friends. I entered into a couple of baking contests. Like I made a cheesecake one time and, and that won like a dessert contest and then I competed against my mom in a pie contest, 
neither of us won, but I think I should have won. Um, but it wasn't until after college, um, my church did a Daniel fast, which was just a, like a very limited diet, and I was forced to learn how to cook things out of like my normal comfort zone of like hamburgers and, and tacos and pizza and stuff. And ever since the Daniel fast, like I've had this love for cooking that I've never had before, um, and I'm grateful for going through that experience because it really changed my life because cooking is such a huge part of, of what I do now. How often would you say that you typically cook and like when, when you're cooking at home, how much time would you spend on a weeknight or on a weekend uh, to make a meal? So I cook a full breakfast every single morning. I go to bed early so that I can wake up early and cook breakfast. Um, sometimes it's like eggs and bacon and toast. Sometimes it's pancakes, um, Greek yogurt with fruit and nuts and other toppings. I usually, I mean, at work I can't really cook lunch, but I'll bring in leftovers from the night before. So I try to cook four to five nights per week. On the weekends, I spend a few hours cooking on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I just enjoy it a lot, and sometimes I just go for more elaborate dishes. And then during the week, it's like an hour at night maybe, um, just cooking for that night. I try to learn how to make easier dishes just so that I can... Like not spend so much time on a work night if I'm if I come home tired, but I love to cook and I want to spend as much time as possible doing it. So when you're cooking, are there certain recipes that you like to cook often, and how what kind of inspires you to to make the different um, recipes or different types of cuisine that you cook at home? So for the past two and a half three years since I've really been cooking um, like as a passion, I've tried not to make the same dish twice. I think I went about a year and a half to two years without making the same dish twice and it's more out of curiosity like if I've made something before I know what it tastes like I, I want to try something new like there's so much out there in the world of uh, food from all sorts of cultures and cuisines and I feel like in my entire lifetime I'll never be able to experience all of it but I want to start now and trying to uh, get as wide of a variety as possible more recently um, just with my work schedule, I've had to resort to certain easier dishes and trying to build up a repertoire so I can come back to those again and again, perfect them, and riff on them a little bit. Like, even if it's the same main dish, I don't want to make it exactly the same. I want to improve on it in some ways. I want to uh, change up some flavors or some textures and, and make it my own, especially if I got it from a recipe from someone else. I want to turn it into my own dish. In my own personal experience, uh, if I'm cooking at home and maybe I'm trying a new recipe, like I'll, I'll go online, I'll find an interesting recipe that I like, and then make a grocery list, like go pick up those ingredients. Uh, probably won't get a lot of the ingredients because I typically cook for myself, so like I'll make enough to make it like once or twice, and, and then uh, you know prepare it. So uh, how, how about you? Like, what does a typical week look like? Like, how often would you go to the grocery store to, to buy groceries? And how often are you, like, figuring out, like, what the next recipe is going to be? Um, like, do you have a, like, a routine that you go through, or is it, like, different every week? I actually go to the grocery store, like, multiple times per week. Pretty much before every single time I cook, I go to the grocery store. That way you get the freshest ingredients. And usually I don't know what I'm going to cook until couple hours before I actually make it. 
I'm trying to get better at meal planning, but um, usually on the bus on the way home, I'll spend anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour just looking up recipes and researching like what I want that night. And sometimes I'll, I'll try to plan like multiple meals in advance, but I can only think about the next meal. And then I'll like buy some ingredients for like later in the week, and then not even be hungry for what I was planning on using those for. So that's that's a problem. And also, I'm trying to meal plan better so that um, I can take advantage of farmers markets and uh, not let food go to waste. So if the farmers market is only on Saturday and Sunday, I need to know like by Saturday what I'm going to be making for that week and what I need to get at the farmers market and what I need to use it for. Otherwise, it'll just go to waste in the fridge, especially for like fresh produce that doesn't last that long if it's organic and uh, doesn't have all the preservatives. Now that you've been cooking for a few years and, you know, it sounds like you're very frequently like making new recipes and cooking breakfast, cooking dinner, um, you know, just like doing, spending a lot of time and, and really devoting a lot of time to like getting better at cooking. Um, are there any like tips that you would have for somebody who's like just starting out cooking or who's like curious to improve, um, you know, their own cooking skills? I think the biggest one that people struggle with that I struggled with and I've been trying to get better at is seasoning my food um, salt being the most important it's so hard to figure out like exactly how much to salt your food and professional chefs will always just say like you need to add more salt I think once you oversalt a dish it's hard to come back from it but that just means it takes practice because what you want to do is add salt until it tastes salty which is difficult to reach that point. I think the best dish to practice with is eggs because there's so little flavor there. Um, it really requires salt to, to bring that out. Uh, it's such a delicate dish, even just like simple scrambled eggs with, with salt and pepper. And so like, I feel like I've gotten better at salting my eggs now, but um, that's a good dish to practice on because you can really, it's easy to make. You can make it over and over again every single morning and just add a little bit more salt each time until you're like, oh, this is too salty, and then dial it back like one notch. And it really makes a big difference. If you like take a bite of unsalted eggs and a bite of salted eggs, you'll definitely notice the difference. And when I say salt the dish, I don't really mean like sprinkle some salt on at the end. Like growing up with your mashed potatoes, you would just uh, pour the shaker of salt and pepper on. I mean like while you're cooking, you want to salt the dish. You want to let the salt merge with the dish and bring out the flavors. Salt actually changes the chemical balance of the dish as well. Um, it draws water out of food through osmosis. So if you salt the dish too early, then your food might be watery. Um, you actually want to cook the water out first and then salt. So like salt your eggs towards the end. Other seasonings are important as well. I always used to be very light with just standard seasonings like uh, you know, cumin and peppers and like cilantro and all that um, but they go to waste pretty quickly like whatever jar of seasoning you have in your cupboard it doesn't last that long um, so you actually want to make good use of it now don't try to like use it sparingly a lot of times when people are making a new dish they'll like from some cuisine they haven't had before they haven't tried cooking before they'll buy like a new seasoning that they don't have in the cupboard and then they'll only use it one time for that dish and then if you want to make the dish, like if you come back to it a year later, it's not going to taste the same because those seasonings have just been sitting there and they're dried, but they, they lose their aroma. Um, so use those seasonings up and 
and don't be afraid to add them to your food. See, another tip, and this one I'm still working on myself again, is, is meal planning. If you want to make more dishes, you need to know what you're going to make. Um, it's really hard to just get home late at night and throw something together with what you have in the cupboard. Like, you can do it, but it's not going to be extravagant. It's hard to have like everything you need all at once. Like there's pantry staples like pasta and, and sauces and stuff that you can have, but as you grow as a cook, it's important to to buy ingredients that are fresh, and so you want to know what you're going to be making in advance. Like I said, this is something I'm working on, so uh, I'm trying to get better at it myself. I guess the, another tip would be to like source your ingredients properly. So if you can, like get your meats from a butcher. Uh, some of the local grocery stores we have in, around here like they really don't have high quality meat it may be cheap but it's low in fat um, it's grainy the produce is shipped from who knows where like somewhere far away in the country and luckily like we live in California so we have access to amazing produce at our local farmers markets that are grown within like two hours driving distance like, if you go on Sunday morning and that, that produce you see, like that was probably driven there that morning by some people not too far away. And it is a drastic difference. Like just doing a side-by-side -side comparison between like grapes from the farmer's market versus grapes at the store or peaches or an amazing one, strawberry, like any sort of berry. Um, it's important to buy in season though. So like in the fall you wanna buy root vegetables, um, tomatoes are just going out of the season in the fall, but tomatoes in season are just an amazing, amazing ingredient that you want to take advantage of. And then in the winter, you've got a lot of your hardier things like kale and squash. Um, obviously, like spring, you have berries coming out. Spring and summer are by far the best times for like fresh produce, so you want to take advantage of that. But buying fresh ingredients at farmer's markets really makes a huge difference in cooking. And with spices, I actually, I don't buy spices at like Safeway or just the, the grocery store anymore because I don't know how long they've been sitting there. Um, like spices lose their, their potency really quickly. So I try to buy like fresh spices online, have a mulcajete, so I, I grind my spices myself. But it made such a big difference in the dish. Like it really brought out the aroma. Um, and it was, at the time I thought it was like one of the best dishes I had made when I grinded my own spices. I'm also curious about uh, seasoning, um, the, the tips that you had for just like salting and, and using uh, different spices and making sure that they're not just sitting around for so long. Um, so for me personally, I, I like to cook, but I don't do it very often uh, for a variety of reasons, just um, you know, working late or just uh, not having the time to buy groceries, things like that. So typically when I cook, I try to like make it as simple as possible in terms of like minimize the number of ingredients that I use or like the amount of like um, seasonings that I use so for me it's like I'll use like salt and pepper maybe I'll use garlic I'll use like butter or olive oil things like that but other than that I'm not like adding a lot of other seasonings uh, so I'm just curious like what is your opinion on seasonings like are you always trying to like think about what like new seasonings you can use or do you kind of try to stick to more basic seasonings and and um, just use the ones that that you're very familiar with and comfortable with I think it totally depends on what you're cooking I try to make dishes that are like more regional rather than generic 
So if I'm making something that's Mexican, I want to use cumin and chili powder and um, cayenne, Mexican oregano. Some of the basic basic seasonings like garlic and salt and pepper, like you're gonna see those in, in every dish. And so you go through those a lot faster and you don't really have to worry about them losing their freshness. Um, but it's some of the things that, because in America we cook such a, like we, we eat such a wide variety of different cuisines. And a lot of these cuisines, they might share some seasonings, but they don't always. And so if we're just constantly switching around, we're actually cycling through our spices less quickly. Um, so they can sit in the shelf longer and, and lose their potency. One way to counteract that is to use whole spices and grind them down because whole spices last a lot longer. But it's not really something you need to worry about. But if you're just trying to like vastly improve the quality of your dishes, um, throw out your old spices and just buy some new ones. They're not that expensive and they last a long time. Also, uh, so before we started um, recording today's podcast, uh, we were just talking about how you're kind of starting a new uh, project at home and you're researching uh, different types of cuisine and uh, just like trying to learn about it and, and try new recipes. So do you want to just give a brief overview of, of, you know, the research project that you're working on and kind of how you envision it going, uh, going forward? Yeah, so because I don't like to cook the same things over and over again, like I'm always trying to expand my, my repertoire and my horizons and cook new food. And I'm also really interested in like the history and the culture behind food. Um, I came up with this idea in just trying to like find new recipes of immersing myself into a region's cuisine and their culture and their history and like why they make the food that they do. And so what I'm going to be doing like at least over the next year but probably even longer is spending one week um, fully immersed in a single cuisine. Um, like every single meal is going to be from that region. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna cook everything. I'm just gonna like eat that food and try to cook as much as possible. But I, I also want to um, experience like what it is supposed to taste like. So having someone else make it for me. Um, so the first one I'm doing is Southern Italy, and I'll, I'll be doing that next month in July. And I sort of just decided. Well, Italy is too big of a region. Um, there's so much good food that comes out of there. I love Italian food. And I feel like in America, the perception we have of what Italian food is is, is totally wrong. Um, American Italian food is its own distinct cuisine. And it's not true Italian food. Um, because as like Italian immigrants came over to America, they had to deal with different ingredients. Um, they couldn't make the exact same dishes. So what I want to do yeah, is, is eat Southern Italian food for one week and I'm actually going to be journaling about it, and which is not something I've done before, so that's like a new experience for me. But I think the biggest reason is just like staving off boredom in my cooking and just learning a lot of new skills and learning uh, about new, new flavors, how to use new ingredients. I mean, I'm really excited for this. Now that you've uh, started your research with uh, Southern Italy, um, what are some of the things that you've learned about Southern Italy and, and of the cuisine and also just in general with your project like how, how long do you envision your research phase going before you like take that week to dive into actually cooking and eating the food so I'll probably do one of these every three months or so and spend most of that time 
procrastinating my research and then the last week or two then then I'll finish up my research and plan out some meals um, so what I want to do with this is spread some of this knowledge and, and this joy that I have with other people and every region every cuisine every culture has uh, different types of, of meal structures and there's always like a celebratory meal that they have that might last several hours or a day and so I want to like a big thing of what I want to do is on Saturday or Sunday use that invite friends into my home and cook for them and enjoy these these cultures with people around me um, and some of these meals are like really elaborate like a Sunday sauce in Italian culture that like a, a grandma sauce that can take all day to cook um, and they don't eat until well, lunch is the, the biggest meal but they'll eat lunch at three o'clock in the afternoon and it's been cooking since eight o'clock in the morning so I'm not sure how in-depth I'll go but I do want to um, share this experience with friends yeah, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for sharing about uh, your project and and uh, you know the research that you've done so far with Southern Italy. Um, so the restaurant we're at is actually closing right now. So we're gonna pause for a second and uh, wrap up the rest of this episode outside on the sidewalk, I guess. Um, and uh, so we'll uh, be back in a minute. Welcome back, listeners, to the second half of the episode. Uh, we're just around the corner on 24th Street and Bryant, uh, so we're just going to wrap up the last few minutes of the podcast out here on the sidewalk. Um, unfortunately, the restaurant closed at 8 o'clock, um, so we, we were just uh, in the zone recording the episode, and then all of a sudden they uh, snuck up on us with a check, and we realized that they were closing down. Um, but we're just around the corner. I'm um, going to wrap things up. Uh, so, Matt, we were just discussing about your research project and the research that you've done about uh, southern Italy so far. Um, so, in, in your research, like, what have you learned about um, how uh, Italian meal is made and like, um, the meal structure and things like that? So, the hardest part has been breakfast. Um, breakfast is like, a good part of a healthy diet and I have breakfast every morning, but it's not too popular in Italy. Um, they usually just have espresso or coffee, it's just coffee to them, and cornetto, which is like a, it's a, an Italian croissant. And I don't think that's gonna cut it for me, so I gotta figure out some other ways to get my breakfast in. Um, and also they usually have a mid-morning snack as well, which is also like more coffee. So I've in some of my research I've seen like they have yogurt with granola, which doesn't sound too Italian, but I mean, if they eat it there, then it, it should count, right? Lunch is the biggest meal of the day. They usually have a couple hours in the early afternoon for lunch, and businesses often shut down, and it's uh, it's just the main meal that they have. And then dinner is late at night, like often between eight and 11, and it's a bit of a smaller meal than lunch, but um, important nonetheless. So, one thing I'm excited for is the, um, the celebratory meal that I'll be doing. Um, it's like several courses. They have a drink to start. It starts with an aperitif, which is like a pre-dinner drink. And um, then there's several platters that come out. There's a, a primo, which is usually the pasta dish, and then a secondi, which is the meat and vegetables. 
Um, and then there might be like antipasti, like uh, an appetizer beforehand. Um, and then it ends with dessert and a digestive, which is another alcoholic drink that's supposed to aid with digestion. So I plan on making all of these dishes and, uh, and serving them to people, including alcohol, which I'll have to source. So luckily I live in North Beach and there is an Italian butcher there. There are plenty of Italian people that live there that I can um, gather information from and, and see like what it looks like for them growing up. Um, and also I'm able to find like grappa and other Italian alcohols, which is like a very, just a very common part of an Italian meal. So right now you're in the research phase. Uh, sometime in July you're gonna do uh, one week of actually doing the cooking and trying the different food and, and doing the celebratory meal. Um, and then and then what's next? Like after you finish that week, uh, you know how long until you go into the next uh, cuisine that you're gonna be researching? Um, also, do you have any other cuisines that are interesting to you that you're thinking about? You know, these are ones that I want to research and journal about. Um, yeah, kind of what does the future look like for you and as you uh, continue this project? There's just so much out there. I think it's going to be like a lifelong process. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what I'll do next. I'll probably spend a few weeks just figuring out what cuisine I might, I might want to do next. Um, It'll probably be some region of Mexico because I love Mexican food and there's plenty of different states down there that all have their own distinct cuisines, so there's a lot to get through. Um, on the other hand, there's like a lot of Asian cuisines that are interesting, like uh, could do maybe Vietnamese or Thai. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience cooking those though, so that would be a much more difficult project to work on. Um, but again, like there's a huge Asian population here in San Francisco, so I'll have people to talk to and um, can go through Chinatown and get like good local ingredients. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much out there. Like, I'm sure over the course of the next few years, I'll I'll do hopefully like ten or more of these. It sounds like a really exciting uh, project that you're starting. Uh, pretty ambitious and also just like uh, pretty unique. Like it's not something that I've heard of other people mentioning. And even on the other episodes that I've done in the podcast, a lot of it is just about restaurants and about trying food at, at different um, you know places in the city. Um, but you know what what you're doing with your project, it's it's a lot more in depth and. You're doing the research, the journaling. Uh, you're trying new kinds of cuisine um, that you know maybe people don't explore as much. So I, I think that's really cool. Um, and yeah, just uh, thank you so much for uh, telling us all about the project that you're doing and uh, recommending La Torta Gorda. I think this is actually the second time that we went to La Torta Gorda. Um, both times it was great. Um, so I was ha really glad to be able to go back this time. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast today. It was, it was a really interesting episode. Um, we'll definitely have to follow up later on and hear how the project is going. Um, and thank you listeners for tuning in uh, to another episode. Uh, feel free to get feedback on the podcast and we'll see you next time.